Welcome back, everyone. I am Robertson Byer, and sitting virtually across from me, as always, is Ben Parker, and we are the odds-on favorite. If you love football, you are in the right place. We cover college, we cover NFL, we go over some key weekly matchups in both realms of college and NFL football, and we are telling you where we would put our money. And as always, please gamble responsibly. Ben, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We had an awesome first week of the NFL. Um, we're excited about tonight's games, too. So I'm ready. All right. Quickly getting into uh, last week. It was week two of college football. Um, getting to some, some of the games that we talked about. Uh, Tennessee uh, topped Pittsburgh in a close one that went to overtime, uh, 34-27. Uh, ben, just quickly go over the game real quick. And how real is Tennessee? Tennessee is real until they start playing teams like Georgia and Alabama. That's kind of how I feel about it. I think they're going to have an excellent season. Do I really think they can compete for the top four and, and the SEC crown? It, it, probably not yet. They, they still need some more defensive help. But uh, they're off to a great start. This this game really, though, was not as high scoring as I expected it to be. I, I honestly thought if I was going to bet the over on any game, it would be this one. I expected both teams to come in you know, uh, on fire. And really the defense has played a lot better. I don't know if that's because it was a day game versus a night game. But uh, in any case, good win for Tennessee. Pittsburgh should still have a good season too. Uh, but Tennessee's offense is for real. And they even played a little bit of defense on Saturday. So a good, good win for the Volunteers. You know, they might not get into the top four there, Ben, but in a few years they could get into the top 12 because if you haven't heard, college football is expanding their playoff, I believe, to 12 teams. Uh, that's interesting. That excites me because then we'll actually have some uh, some real chances for some of these teams that aren't named Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. Um, getting into the next game we covered last week, um, Kentucky at Florida, Uh Richardson struggled a little bit, uh, actually a lot, in their loss to Kentucky, in Florida's loss to Kentucky, 26-16. to 16. Um, I've heard about this uh, quarterback from uh, Kentucky, Levis, Will Levis. I've heard that he has some NFL buzz around him. Uh, is, is that, you know, is that realistic to expect that from this guy? Yeah, so the, the two quarterbacks for the focus heading into this game, Will Levis has a really strong arm. And by that, I don't necessarily mean he can throw the ball deep uh, the way Patrick Mahomes can. I, he throws a really hard ball, like a, a fastball pitcher or a third baseman would throw a really hard ball. So he can rifle the rifle the ball. He still has some some accuracy issues deep. Um, any pass over 20 yards is, is a huge challenge for him. Um, often puts receivers in jeopardy of, you know, getting cracked ribs. Often the ball's up for grabs. Uh, you know, he's still got to work on that part of his game, which that's fine. And then, and then I, I noticed a lot of Kentucky receivers dropping a lot of passes this season and last season. And so uh, part of that is Will Levis just needs to kind of control his touch a little bit better because um, he does have a strong arm, you know, a fast arm, I think is a good way to put it. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of buzz around him. We'll see if he can continue to prove his game. Um, they need to see some better results from him. But it, it's certainly on the, on the conversation plate. Anthony Richardson. I am almost positive that he hurt himself in early in that game on Saturday against uh, against Kentucky. Um, we're hearing little rumors, nothing official, that he may have tweaked an ankle early in that game. And I could see it. I couldn't see the injury itself, but I could see the, his performance. 
Um, his when he was throwing, he wasn't planting very well. Uh, that that ridiculous interception that he threw, uh, I think in the second half, basically the defensive lineman was basically right there in his face. Uh, he wasn't able to push off his foot at all. When uh, usually he's an electric runner, um, but he was basically stationary the entire game. He he basically just stayed in one spot, got rid of the ball very quickly. That also resulted in another interception out to the flat. I'm almost positive that he was playing hurt Saturday, and that's why he looked like a shell of himself. Um, having said that, hats off to Kentucky. Excellent win for them, and they move on, survive in advance. Ben, in this futuristic scenario, I'm going to put you through. You are the Kansas City Chiefs GM in 2024. Patrick Mahomes has just uh, had a career-ending injury, and you have the first overall pick in that draft. You choose in Richardson or Levis? At the, at the moment, Richardson, uh, but I'm not totally happy with either guy, to be honest. There are other quarterbacks I'd rather have, two, at least two other quarterbacks playing right now I'd rather have. But at the moment, Richardson, because when healthy, he is an electric runner. And even though he may not throw a ball as hard as Levis, uh, I think his accuracy to, say, 15, 20, 25 yards is just as good, if not better, than Levis. All right, fair enough. Hopefully that scenario does not happen for your sake and Chiefs fans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, getting into the NFL games we covered last week. Uh, the Thursday night game, the Bills destroyed the Rams. I mean, it was just it, – it wasn't – I was expecting a, a very fun game. It wasn't even close. I mean, the – the, I was expecting the Rams to come out with some firepower. You know, I was expecting a little bit of struggles – early on with, you know, Stafford getting acquainted with Robinson and the loss of OBJ. But I wasn't expecting that. Cam Akers was a no-show. Uh, he's clearly in McVay's doghouse. Uh, ben, what did you think of that one, that that awful game? But great game by the Bills, by the way. I mean, absolute great, great game. But definitely not the matchup we were expecting. Yes, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, the first quarter, the third quarter, the fourth quarter all belonged to Buffalo. The Bills showed up. The Rams didn't. Rams working through some issues, right? Uh, the offensive line is, looks like it's going to have some things to deal with as the season goes along. They had a, a lot of trouble stopping Von Miller off the edge. They had a lot of trouble creating, you know, running lanes for the running backs. And then the Rams, uh, you know, you don't have Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, he's he's still not on anybody's team yet. Not sure how healthy he is at the moment. But um, without him. Uh, the Rams' options go down very quickly. You, you can throw all day to Cooper Cup. Uh, I think teams are going to be more than happy to let Cooper Cup kind of get his points, if you will, and then just shut everything else down. And so until the Rams can figure out a way to run the ball a little bit, maybe get another receiver into the mix for some, for some catches, uh, looks like the Rams are going to struggle a little bit this season until they kind of get their game, get their game plan together. How good did Von Miller look? I mean, come on. Like, that dude is – Past his prime at this point, but he certainly didn't look it. Uh, he looks like he was 25 years old again. Uh, is he a defensive player of the year candidate? It, well, it, it, yes and no. If if he played like that every week, then yes. But I, I don't think he's going to be playing against the first-time starter at left tackle either almost weeks. But uh, Miller's amazing. Uh, his ability just to continue to – we've seen a lot of other players who were kind of as good as he was not be able to do it for as long. So – his ability to keep pushing past the, the typical age limits is phenomenal. He had a fantastic year last year. And and you always see those shades of, of when he helped uh, 
helped Denver win that Super Bowl several years ago. Just the, those little glimpses of, of the player that he used to be, and he's still he's still better than most. <laughs> he is. He is. I mean, some of these dudes that we're seeing today, I don't think we're truly appreciating them as we're watching them. We won't we won't until they're gone, of course. But, you know, it's just something to amazement that that guy, how he's just been able to keep it up for this long, even with the so many injuries that he's had over the course of his career. Um, now getting to the Eagles uh, at Detroit, that was a shootout, um, probably closer than what was initially anticipated, um, you know, because the Eagles had a pretty big lead and then they started to choke away a little bit, but they ha- they hung on uh, 38 to 35. Um, the Lions defense is where I are. Sorry. Lions offense is looked how I thought it would look a, a lot better than, than it was last year. Still couldn't get it done, though. Uh, the Eagles rushed for over 200 yards in that game. Uh, and Jalen Hurts looked a little better than he did last year, but I'm not going to say significant quite yet. I didn't think that the performance was that great. Um, what did you think of it, Ben? Yeah, you you were right. Last week you said that the Lions' offense would be improved. I wasn't a believer, but, boy, and the Eagles' defense is, is a solid defense, right? It's not probably a top three, but it's a solid defense. A lot of good parts there. And the Eagles, I mean, the Lions put together an exceptional scoring game. Jared Goff had a pretty solid game. I they had receivers to throw to. They were able to run the football a little bit. Uh, 35 points scored. A good day for the Lions. Um, even if you, you know, no moral victories here, but at least you you seem to have a whole heck of a lot more hope than you had last year if you're a Detroit fan. So a lot of good things to look at there. Um, I, I, I think this is who the Eagles are, though. I think they're a team that's going to look brilliant some weeks, and other weeks they're just going to kind of choke all over themselves. And uh, I think that's their DNA. I think that makes them very dangerous, but I think it also at the end may, may hurt them a little bit against stronger teams. But um, good day for Hurts running and throwing the football. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not dominant in, in throwing, but good, serviceable thrower of the football. And and when you mix in the running game the, and the play action stuff, uh, good day for the Eagles too. Excellent win for Philadelphia. Uh, given that I'm a Commanders fan, I'm hoping for the latter of those two options that you mentioned there. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know, I mean, come on. Uh, I'm I'm not buying into the hype that the the that that's surrounding the Eagles. Uh, I just I just don't see it. I don't. I like Jalen Hurts. I've st- said this in the past. I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to take a step forward this year. I just don't see the 11, 12, 13 win territory that some people are talking about. I just don't see it. I know they have an impressive uh, roster, but it's clearly going to take some time for that that back end to gel. Uh, you know, giving up 35 points, yes, to improved Lions offense, but it is the Lions. Um, it's going to take some time for that to happen. And I, I'm not seeing 12 points here. I'm just not. I could be wrong. We'll see in January, but I'm not seeing. Yeah, I uh, agree. I think 10 or 11 wins is kind of their ceiling. And, um, you know, I, I'm with you. I, do I think this is a real Super Bowl team? I, I really don't. And it really just comes back down to Hurts. I mean, if he takes that giant leap forward, obviously, I think so, especially with that running game. But I'm just not seeing mm-hmm. that. I'm not seeing that. Yeah. Okay, getting into the AFC North uh, matchup, uh, Steelers at Bengals. Uh, Steelers got a scrappy win. Um, it went to overtime. It was a bit of a sloppy win, uh, for you know, sloppy game for both teams. Uh, but the Steelers and Steelers in Pittsburgh fashion, they they 
scratched and clawed their way to a victory. Um, you know, Mr. Bisky didn't look great, but he didn't look bad either. You know, we'll give him credit. Uh, TJ Watt went out. He's he'll, he's going to be out for six weeks, so that's unfortunate. Sorry, uh, Simon, fellow uh, Phantom sports writer. Uh, you know, we're sorry that he's out, but you know, you guys are you guys are going to be all right. He's only out six weeks. Just you know, steady the ship while they're gone. Um, Joe Burrow threw a pick six. That didn't look good. Um, uh, their rebuilt offensive line again. I think that's going to take some time to to gel a little bit, but that didn't really look. Super impressive. Um, what do you think about this game, Ben? And uh, can the Steelers build any sort of momentum going forward, albeit with Mr. Bisky as your quarterback? Nice win for the Steelers, even though it was sloppy, even though it was a crazy game, a uh, crazy ending. But nice win for the Steelers. Do, do I really think they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot or even flirting with 500 this year? I really don't. I don't think they've got – the personnel on offense to do that, especially at quarterback. Um, the offensive line is still going to be a big issue for the Pittsburgh Steelers as mm. the season wears on. So I, I really think that in a tough AFC, that's going to hold them down, I, I think, even though the defense looks like it's going to be pretty strong. Um, you're, you're right about the Bengals' offensive line. It, that, you know, They were getting Burrow killed last year. That didn't change this game. I do think that Beagle, Bengals' offensive line will improve as the year goes on. I think mm. that the pieces they added – I think they will work together. There's not a lot of depth there, so one injury could change that. But if this group stays healthy, and they're a pretty young group, not too old of a group, if they stay healthy, I think this Bengals offensive line will be fine as the season goes along. But that may take all of September to get that together. It might even be late October before we start to see that. So uh, um, Joe Burrow there with the pick six, I think that's just who he is. I, I, I think yeah. uh, I think he's going to have these light em up games where he's just torching everybody. And then he's going to have a couple of ugly moments where uh, you're just scratching your head. I think that's who Burrow is. Yeah, and to your point about the Steelers' offensive line, uh, I think I said it was either last week or a previous video where I said the Steelers, I think they just got Trubisky to be a punching bag for a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, until Pickett's ready or until Trubisky just, you know, his body fails him or probably offensive line fails. Uh, and I think the offensive line had an injury or two um, in that game. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Simon. And I, I like the the running game didn't really get going, and I like Najee Harris. I drafted him in two different fantasy leagues, so he better start uh, running the ball a little bit more or a little bit better. But I agree with you. I don't. I think they're going to hover around 500. The TJ Watt injury, albeit six games, I think it's going to be uh, pretty impactful overall. Though I think they're going to miss him in those in those six games that he's going to miss. Hello, this is Simon Short of the Phantom Football Podcast, part of the Phantom Podcast family. Every Tuesday, join me, Benjamin Parker, and Ronan Summers as we react to and analyze every game, piece of news, and trend across the NFL. Listen, subscribe, rate, and review the Phantom Football Podcast on Apple and Spotify. Follow the Phantom Football Podcast on Twitter at Phantom Football and email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Phantom Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Phantom Sports Industries. 
I'm your host, Brandon, and each episode, we'll look to bring you clear, concise fantasy football data along with the tools and tricks that will help you dominate in your respective fantasy leagues. The goal of the show will be to bring you the analysis without all the fluff other fantasy football podcasts have. Some of those shows, although they may be insightful, last over an hour, and I want to get you back to doing whatever else it is that you love to do. Come join me on our fantasy football journeys this season, and hopefully at the end of it all, we'll be celebrating and raving about our championships together. See you all at our first episode. From Brandon with Phantom Sports Industries, this is the Phantom Fantasy Football Show. Okay, now we're going to get into week three of the college game. Um, We got Oklahoma at Nebraska. Um, that's an intriguing matchup. Um, ben, why don't you just go ahead and break that down for us and uh, give us your pick for the week. This is this is an interesting game. Matter of fact, it's our only college game of the week. The other four will be the NFL. Um, Oklahoma, an 11-point favorite here at Nebraska. The over-under is 67.5, so that's uh, somewhere in the in the 30s for Oklahoma in the 20s for Nebraska, I guess. Um I, I, I like Casey Thompson for Nebraska to put up some points here. I'm not convinced that the Oklahoma defense is just going to shut him down. Uh, he, he looked really good against Northwestern, a lot of good passes against tight coverage. Northwestern was playing pretty good coverage on the receivers in the first two or three weeks. So I really like Casey Thompson for the Nebraska quarterback. Uh, uh, I, I think Nebraska not not going to win here against Oklahoma, but I think Nebraska might stay a little closer than that. 11-point differential here that Vegas is giving, uh, simply because I think Nebraska can score some points here with with Casey Thompson at quarterback. The interesting thing is Scott Frost has gone as the coach here. So um, after a brutal decision that uh, that contributed at least to the loss to Northwestern in week zero, uh, this past week, just a brutal loss to, and I can't remember, I'm I'm blanking if it was Georgia Southern or Georgia State, I think one of those Georgia schools type yeah. schools. Yeah. Um, brutal loss. So Scott Frost is gone. So there'll, there'll be some upheaval there for Nebraska, but you know, sometimes in that first week, it, it's not upheaval. It's, it's emotion. So uh, it, who, who knows how that will actually play out, but uh, I like Oklahoma to win. I think Nebraska covers the 11 uh, simply because I think Casey Thompson can score some points here. If this game gets into a shootout, does Nebraska have a chance? Yeah, they do. Matter of fact, uh, I thought last year's Nebraska team was probably a little worse than this team, and last year's Oklahoma team was probably a little bit better than this team, and it was pretty close last year. So, yeah, I, I think Nebraska has a chance to win this game. I I think maybe Oklahoma won by, like, nine points last year. It wasn't, was not mm-hmm. a, a, a smoke-em shootout last year. Nebraska's got a chance here, but I, I do think Oklahoma's the better team at the end of the day. That's our one college game. Um, any more thoughts on the Oklahoma-Nebraska game before we hit the NFL? Uh, not really. I think you covered that pretty good. Um, I think there's more intriguing matchups in the NFL this week. That's why we decided to go this way. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move to the NFL. And we, we could have gone for some of the games that, that uh, look like they are double-digit uh, – yeah. <laughs> double-digit favorites. We didn't go for any of those. We went for four of the closest games we could find, starting with the Buccaneers at the Saints. The Buccaneers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 44. Uh, Bucks offensive line, 
getting hammered with injuries and stuff, but they didn't look bad on uh, on uh, against the Cowboys. And then the Saints with Jameis Winston at quarterback. So, Robertson, give me your thoughts on this game. I'm definitely taking the over on this one, even though I think it's going to be a tougher game. I'm going to go that the Bucks win this one uh, 28 to 23. Yeah, I think this is not an easy one. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. And, you know, people people who are deep into the NFL probably know that, but casual fans probably don't realize that the Saints, Saints have a lot going on here. Um, offensive line's pretty solid. The defensive backfield has a lot of star power um, at the secondary mm-hmm. level and the safety level. Um, there's a lot of good things here, and the Buccaneers' offensive line uh, is it, probably going to be a work in progress for most of this season until they can kind of get it all put together. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think this is a really close one. Um, at the end of the day, it's so hard to pick against Tom Brady, so I'm probably going to pick the Buccaneers to win this game. But uh, I, I think this is a really close one, really, really tight. And Vegas thinks so, too, at two and a half. Patriots at Steelers. I know this one's interesting to you. And matter of fact, you were on this last week. You said you didn't really understand why the Steelers should be such a, an underdog against the, um, against the uh, Bengals last week. And they actually won the game. Mm-hmm. So here again, the Steelers are an underdog at home to the Patriots uh, by – by one point, and the over-under is 40, so Vegas is not expecting many points in this game. What's your thoughts on it? Um, You know, the Patriots did not look good against the Dolphins. They just didn't look good. Um, you know, I, I didn't really like much that I saw from them. Um, and not to say that I loved everything I saw from the Steelers, but, you know, being – how being it, how that they they beat the defending AFC champions uh, in the uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals and also a division rival. You know, I feel like they're not getting enough credit for that. Um, and like we said earlier, it was a scrappy, sloppy game, but I still feel like the uh, they should get a little bit more respect for that. Um, and I just don't know what the odds makers are seeing with with the Patriots um, right now. I think the Steelers overall are a much better team than the Patriots. Um, you know, I think that kind of proved itself on the field, uh, last week, but, you know, I could be wrong. I could be my words here, but I have the Steelers, uh, winning this game. Uh, I'm going to go 24, 20. That's the exact score I had in mind. I'm going to flip it. I think I'll take the Patriots for, for this one reason only. And, and I have no clue if this is what Vegas is looking at or not. Uh, but you and I talked about this in the, in the, in the, in the, in the pregame, basically, Bill Belichick typically comes back after a bad week with a super strong game plan, and the team looks totally different the following week. They just don't usually have back-to-back awful weeks. But now on the flip side of that, the Patriots are not – they're not uh, – it's not unlike them to have bad Septembers in which they don't look like themselves. So uh, I do think it's a tight game. Give it the Patriots 24-20 to 20 here. Um, and it's interesting that both you and I are picking the over on this game, essentially, because the over-under is at 40. So we kind of favor them, apparently, to score just a little bit more points than that. Uh, if you don't like the team we're picking, maybe pick the over on that game. Anything else on that one, Robertson? Uh, yeah, I will comment on uh, your Bill Belichick point there. Um, you know, he this is a perfect game for him to exploit a weakness that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, which is their offensive line. Like I said earlier, I think they do have some injuries up front. 
Um, and Najee Harris didn't have a good game last week. Um, he didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have a great game. Um, you know, if he can stop the run and put pressure on Trubisky, then this is going to be a long day for the Steelers. But, you know, I, I'm just not seeing it this week. I think the, the Steelers have the edge here. It'll be a close game. We'll see. Uh, Vikings at Eagles, another close one. Eagles favored by two and a half. Vegas expecting more points in this game at 50 and a half over under. Vikings at Eagles. Uh, should be a fun game, but uh, tell me what you think is going to be the outcome. Man, how good is Justin Jefferson? <laughs> I mean, how good is that dude? I-, I was watching in disbelief that the Packers had absolutely no answer for Justin Jefferson in the first half. It, it was it – was inc- it's like they didn't even know who he was. It's like he was some undrafted guy that just got the start for the day. Um, you know, the offense – Vikings offense looked good. Um, I think that's concerning for the Eagles because of what we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, the Lions putting up 35 against them. The Vikings are a much better and more fine-tuned offense than the Lions are at this point. They, the Eagles got a lot to figure out in a week's time. Um, you know, I think if the uh, if the Vikings can run the ball effectively with Dalvin Cook, which I think they can, um, you know, Jordan, there was a crazy stat out there that Jordan Davis was already the uh, was like, I think, the best run run defender, like all, along the defensive line in week one, which is, you know, that's pretty crazy already that he's having that kind of impact as a rookie for the Eagles. But, um, you know, if, if Dalvin Cook can get going, you know, the passing game for the Vikings can be lethal. I like the Vikings in this one. I'm definitely going to take the over, though. I think it's going to get into a bit of a shootout. Um, I'm going to go 34-28 Vikings. I, I'm with you on that over. I think I'm going to take the Eagles mainly because the Eagles are at home. Um, but I'm with you on the over. The over's at 50 and a half. We might see more highlights out of this one game than we see out of all the other games combined. Um, there are that many playmakers in this game, right? Um, from Dalvin Cook to Justin Jefferson to Jalen Hurts to I, – I mean, the list just goes on and on. There's a lot of playmakers in this game. It, it should be a fun, exciting, interesting game. It should be close. So I'm looking forward to it. Give, give them the Eagles to win and cover. I mean, you know, at two and a half, if I pick them to win, I'm picking the cover, right? But uh, I, I'm with you. I do like the over on uh, on that 50 and a half. I, I don't think it would take much either, because uh, basically that's uh, that's 27 to 24. Uh, I, I think that I think both teams could push the, past that 27 point mark. What wouldn't be surprising at all? Anything else on this game? There there is one thing, um, and this is kind of weird to say because Kirk Cousins is not really known for being clutch or for being, you know, that guy to count on in the fourth quarter to, you know, give your team the win or the lead. But he's going up against Jalen Hurts, and if their run, if the Eagles' run game is going to be as effective as it was last week, last week this might be a new point. But if this is getting into a shootout, it might come down to who has the ball last, and I trust. Kirk Cousins against the Eagles defense, which didn't look in terribly impressive last week, than to have Jalen Hurts make a throw against the Vikings defense. I definitely trust Kirk Cousins in that spot, and that's why I think the Vikings can pull this one out, especially in a shootout. That's a fair point, and, and one that we have seen Cousins do before, right? Even though he's uh, he's not the most beloved of quarterbacks, we have seen him come back to win games before. Uh, so totally with you there. 
Um, before we get to our last game, Commanders at Lions here, I want to give a shout-out to our listeners for, for being with us, our audience. Um, a couple of people specifically, Lee, Rowan, Simon, all you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we, we really appreciate having you on board. Uh, appreciate the input as well. Uh, the Commanders at the Lions. Commanders had a huge win last week. Uh, Lions had a huge offensive production last week. The over-under is at 49-and-a-half. The Lions are favored at home this week by two-and-a-half. And, and I know your beloved Commanders are involved here, but uh, try to walk us through the game. I will say this. Um, a great game by Carson Wentz last, last weekend. Um, was not expecting that. Uh, I was expecting the two turnovers that happened. Uh, you know, I thought, <laughs> I thought the, uh, I thought the two touchdowns in, in the first half and then the two uh, interceptions in the second half. I thought that was going to be the end of the story. You know, Washington chokes away a win against a bad team. You know, go figure. What else is new? Um, but he didn't. He pulled it out. You know, he he showed some resilience. The team showed some resilience. Um, and granted, it is probably against a bad team, but uh, you know you can only play with who's on the schedule, uh, and they pulled it out. But I, I gotta say, if, if that was a competent offense that Washington was facing last week, they easily get forty beast. I mean, it's no question. the The Jaguars left so many points on the field, dropped touchdowns left and right, uh, missed throws by Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, a missed field goal, just missed opportunities. You know, Lawrence in the fourth quarter takes a, a bad sack um, when they needed a first down or you just needed to, like, uh, throw it away and give your kicker a chance to kick a field goal to go up by even more. And it just didn't happen. If that was a competent offense, Washington's defense gets shredded. Uh, the secondary just does not look does not look good at all. Um, pass rush looked promising, but, you know, we lost Fedarian Math- Mathis for the year. Uh, due to a torn meniscus injury, and uh, that that depletes, you know, an already thin defensive tackle position, which was once a strength, it's now uh, very thin. Uh, and as of yet, um, we have not done anything to solve that problem. Uh, the Lions, as we said earlier, you know, they, they their offense is a lot better uh, than it was last year. At least that was the indication that we're getting from the first game. I don't know that I, I that I trust our defense against the Lions, uh, which is a strange thing to say. But Jared Goff has experience in this league. He's he's shredded defenses before. I don't see it being any different. The only thing that is going to help the Commanders is the the short passing game. That was a point of emphasis against the Jaguars. Um, the short passing game was kind of an extension of the running game, and if we can get that going then I definitely think we have a chance. I do like us to cover at the very least. Um, but I think the Lions take this one, unfortunately. And I'm going to go – I'm definitely taking the over. I'm going to say it's 34-31. This is 30, another tight Sorry, 34-32. 34-32. Absolutely. Um, this is another tight one. I, I think two pretty evenly matched teams here. I think they'll stay that way for most of the year. Uh, I was going to pick the Commanders until you started talking about how bad – how bad the back end of the yeah. defense looked in a, yeah. in a tight game that doesn't matter. I, honestly, I still like the commander's offense better than, than the Lions offense at this point. I, I like McLaren at, at wide receiver. I, I think Dotson's a good contributor. I, I don't know that he'll be a star, but a good contributor. Um, Gibson at the running back spot. So 
uh, good offensive line there um, for Washington. But the, Detroit's got an outstanding offensive line. So, uh, again, a, a tight game here. Um, I think I'm going to take the commanders here in a very close one. Uh, should come all the way down to the end, I think. Uh, should be another fun game. Give me the commander something like, uh, I think, 27 to 24, 27, 23, something like that here. Uh, th- that's all our pickums for this week. Anything else you want to add in on the Commanders Lions before we hit our, our overreactions? I hope you're right, Ben. This just seems like a, a game that we just let slip away as usual. Same old, <laughs> same old Washington. Yeah, and you know, it's some team's going to hold up their stereotype, right? Either the Lions yeah. are going to continue to lose and be the the lovable losers. Or Washington is going to let uh, a game that maybe they could and should win slip away, right? So yep. uh, we'll see. Give us uh, every week, you know, even at the end of the season, has overreaction. But give us, uh, give us, give me an overreaction. Let me respond to it uh, off this first week. Okay, I want to hear your reaction to this one. Is it an overreaction or not an overreaction? <laughs> By the end of the twenty-two, and this is also uh, uh, for our. Uh, our, our leader, our commander-in-chief, no pun intended, uh, Shane <laughs> Shane Davis. Um, by the end of the 2022 NFL season, Seahawks quarterback Geno Smith will be considered a top 15 NFL quarterback. <laughs> That's a great one, and it's an overreaction. Geno um, <laughs> Smith had a torrid, fire-breathing first half against Denver, right? I think he completed like his first, I don't know, 12, 15. I quit counting how many passes <laughs> he completed to start that game in the first half. But, you know, most of them were not deep passes, right? Most no, of them no. were a lot, of, a lot of short stuff, which is fine. Pete Carroll is putting Geno Smith at what he does best, which is kind of shift around a little bit, find somebody close and open for three to five yards and just keep moving the chains. And that's totally fine. Um, but over the course of the year, I don't think Smith has the arm to challenge people down the field consistently. And I think defenses will start to choke off those passing lanes in the short area. So, uh, you know, I, I love it. Uh, you know, I think you even saw that in the second half against Denver, oh, yeah. right? I don't think, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Seattle even scored any points in the second half. Um, so, um, I, I love the question, but, uh, yeah, I, I you know, I, I don't see Smith, uh, continuing to uh to carry that pace and i'm going right. to agree with you there i think it's an overreaction but uh i i gotta give simon his props here he wanted me to include uh geno smith in on the uh on the quarterback rankings we did a, a little while a little while back and i said no that's preposterous he's not even going to be the starter i'm currently eating my words uh so there you go simon uh i also don't think that if this is a sustainable thing, kind of what you were alluding to, you know, it, he had a good game. I think he's going to have some, you know, some more of these type games where, you know, he's like, oh, well, Geno Smith, he's, he, you know, this is maybe we didn't see this before. And I think that's possible. I think he could be a little bit better than what we were anticipating, but I'm not seeing a top 15. I'm not even seeing a top 20, honestly. Sorry, Shay. <laughs> All right. Well, you've heard it here. Um, giving a bunch of shout-outs here at the end of the show. Uh, my overreaction, and this involves a good team, un- unquestionably a good team, but here's their overreaction. The Kansas City Chiefs will not even miss Tyreek Hill at all, 
and are basically a lock for the Super Bowl. Overreaction, or do you see it? Um, I got to eat my words again on this one because I, I've been saying all offseason that Pat Mahomes is a prime candidate to take a step back this year because I thought that Tyreek Hill was a, a, a crutch for him. And granted, it's only one game, but man, it that that the stuff was coming easy to him. It, it's like you could throw out, you know, any receiver out there, and Pat Mahomes will make him a star. It, it, it's 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 really quite incredible what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I, I've never I've I've never seen anything like Pat Mahomes, and I don't know that I ever will ever again after he retires. This dude, I said last week, he's a dark horse for MVP. And I'm now considering him a favorite to win MVP because dude, this dude is just something special. He's he, he's just incredible. He had a fantastic week. The Chiefs looked tremendous against the Cardinals. Give me your next overreaction. So this is more of a big picture uh, thing. Uh, it's kind of a jerk, re- uh, knee jerk reaction after uh, after what happens uh, in Week One. Uh, Give me what you think about this. This will be historically bad season for kickers, and we will hear uh, in next offseason's owner meetings that they will want to permanently eliminate the position. <laughs> I love it. I haven't thought about that at all. Now, uh, my my first instinct is that's what I saw on Saturday from a lot of college kickers. There were extra points missed. There were somewhat easy field goals missed uh i don't maybe it was just a weird wacky weekend for football but um yeah i tell you what maybe not after one season but if there's a couple of seasons where kickers are starting to miss uh, a lot of this stuff uh yeah i could see the uh i could see the owner starting to push back on uh on on where we're placing the ball at for some of these things uh the the extra points etc um that's a fascinating question. I, I love it, man. Uh, what feelings you got about it? I think if Rob Manfred was the commissioner of the NFL, <laughs> that this this would have been eliminated three years ago. Um, <laughs> little baseball reference for y'all. Y'all don't know who, don't nice. understand that. Um, it would have to be a historically bad season. I mean, it would have to be like something under like eighty percent for you know extra points and field goals would have to be like either under 80 or 75 percent and that's within like 40 yards it would have to be really bad for for that to even be in consideration honestly i just don't see it i think it's still a very important position in football eliminating kickoffs is one thing completely eliminating the kicker position is another i could see the eliminating kickoffs i i think that's We've been tr- heading that way. We've been trending that way for a few years now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see it but in, by 2025, honestly. Uh, but eliminating the extra point and field goals altogether, I don't see it. Fascinating stuff. I love the question. Was not expecting that at all. Now, here's my <laughs> last. Here's my last overreaction, and it is it is a torching hot one. So I'm curious to. I think I know what your answer will be, but I want to find out. Here it is. The Green Bay Packers stink on offense. They stink, period, and they're going to miss the playoffs entirely. I think he's going to be fine. I don't see him making a – or having a dramatic step-down year. Uh, I don't see them winning more than 11 games, though. 
because I think that offensive firepower just isn't what it used to be. Uh, the defense would have to really step up and win them some games for them to win 11 games, honestly. Yeah, not a good start for the season for the Packers, for sure, but time will tell. All right, um, wrap us up, man. All right, it's been an interesting week last week, and it's going to for sure be an interesting week this week, week three in college and week two in the NFL. Um, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Odds on Favorite and on Instagram at odds.on.favorites. Um, also follow Fan Sports on Twitter at Fan Sports Official and this uh associated accounts you know if you like football if you like basketball if you got baseball uh racing we got everything fantasy football that's a huge thing going on right now we have a fantasy account we're posting updates on there daily uh go give them uh, a look and follow those accounts um hopefully we get to see you next week uh y'all have a good rest of your week and have some fun this weekend watching football hi everyone